Today is Thursday, February 23rd, 2023. Donald Trump visits East Palestine and shows real leadership as Mayor Pete leads from behind, crawls like a rat to go LARP as a... A white construction worker. I thought that was supposed to be bad. We'll cover it all on today's show. It's breaking right now. Biden falls up the stairs of Air Force One again. And Trump's attorney, Alina Haba, joins the show to talk all about Donald Trump and his trip. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what do we have here? We have the tale of two Americas. You have two philosophies at play before you. You have America first, and you have America last, kind of perfectly personified here by this article in Real Clear Politics today. The forgotten town, East Palestine's catastrophe ignored by Joe Biden. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what the corporate press even are publishing right now. These are the articles that the corporate press are beginning to write about Joe Biden. The forgotten town. What was Donald Trump talking about in 2016? The forgotten men and women of America. Now, what is East Palestine? What is this town? When I was there, uh, we did a lot of research about what the town's history was and where where it comes from. Uh, This town has been hollowed out entirely by globalism. It used to be a bustling, beautiful and wealthy manufacturing center for ceramics all around the country. So if you wanted a plate or a dish, you would go to East Palestine and go to their craftsmen, their tradesmen, the people who worked with their hands and with their minds to make beautiful products and useful products. And they sent those products all around the country. Chances are you've probably eaten off of a dish that was designed, made and manufactured in East Palestine. But what happened to that town over the course of the last hundred years? Globalism carved it up like a turkey on Thanksgiving, ripped it to the bone, and sent all of the meat, all of the value, all the heft of the town, they sent it to Mexico and to Guatemala and to Nicaragua and to Vietnam. It took the dignity and the wealth and the work of hardworking Americans, and it shipped it abroad to save a couple pennies on the dollar. And now, inside of East Palestine, you have a community that's sort of hanging on by a thread, like many small American towns. Small American towns without giant tech hubs. You have these little American towns that used to be bustling, that had uh, eras and ghosts of beautiful Gilded Age gone by. You've seen those homes, right? Like the beautiful mansions that are now dilapidated, built in a booming era by somebody who owned or was the uh, headmaster at a a factory, uh, a foreman at a factory. uh, And now those homes are dilapidated and the industry, the industry, as it leaves, the place begins to decay ever so slowly. And then the government came in and they nuked that town. And the town, which had just become a pass through for Places like Norfolk Southern to send dangerous chemicals when Norfolk Southern couldn't do their jobs and ran a rusty on-fire break of a train for 43 minutes. 43 minutes that train was on fire and it derailed atrociously in the middle of a population center, a small town that didn't deserve it with people who are raising their families and children, go to church there, tithe there, and are still trying to scratch out a good living there, like so many Americans. And those people didn't deserve this. 
you may think all types of awful, nasty, vicious, racist things about the people who live in East Palestine if you are a godless, soulless leftist. But let me tell you what, you have to have zero, I mean, and I mean soulless literally, you have to have zero soul to say that these people deserved that. And when that chemical explosion, uh, that black plume went up into the sky, it destroyed these people's homes forever. It did some, It did the final act of globalism. The final act was to just make this place totally and completely uninhabitable. And that's what many scientists are beginning to come out of the woodwork and say. As people are doing independent testing, they're starting to say uh, the town of East Palestine uh, may actually become a place that is unlivable for a very long time. And so that's what's happening right now in that town. And it is crushingly sad. It is deeply unethical. It is a blackness on our fellow Americans, and we deserve to support them. doesn't matter what their skin color is, where they come from, or who they voted for. They're just human beings. And so the populist, the person who cares about his country, is going to say, damn it, I'm going to go and help them. Regardless of how wealthy they are, or who they donate to, or what their politics looks like, they're just human beings in this country that are in need, and no one's helping them. And that's what Donald Trump did yesterday. Unlike a spiritual and moral level, unlike a populist level, a lot of a lot of conservative commentators didn't share anything about Donald Trump going to East Palestine. And I'm like, because they don't want Trump to be president again, or they have problems with the way that he operates or the way that he talks or the way that he tweets, posts on social media. Honestly, there's a lot of reasons to hate Donald Trump, right? Like if you're one of those people, then fine. A lot of reasons to love Donald Trump. Everyone's human. To like not share this incredibly powerful and important story where a community in America that was deeply forgotten and trod upon, a community of people who really don't have a lot. I was, you know, I, I was there. I, I was raised in communities like that. Like that's it was like it remind me of where I was raised in Iowa. Like just one of those really small town communities. Maybe seen better days, but the people in it are still the salt of the earth. And guess what? Their earth has been poisoned. And what happened to them is deeply wrong. And we should remember them and we should respect them and their dignity, their human dignity. And we should go there and help. And so we covered every detail of Donald Trump going there and help helping. I'm not endorsing in this presidential primary. I want to see the creation of the ideas and everything happening as it plays out. I want to see the way that the ideas form, and this is what I want to see, and I'm going to breathlessly cover every good thing, and I'm going to call balls and strikes, and we're going to chop a lot of wood over the next year as we coalesce around what this movement looks like going forward. But me, as a populist, meaning I just care about the health and the lives of my fellow countrymen, love the fact that Donald Trump went to East Palestine, Ohio. We deeply support and endorse that move. It was good for those people. Donald Trump also went to McDonald's while he was there and said, I know this menu better than you <laughs> to the people who worked at McDonald's. Bring some levity and some life to these people. And that's what they need. You know, it's interesting. We went there. Uh, we went there to help some people financially. But what those people really needed was, I think, less money and more just someone to stand on their porch and give them a hug and say that they're loved and that they're not forgotten. And that's what Donald Trump did uh, far, far more than our small capacity to do that. So 
God bless Donald Trump for doing this. He was met with a uh, very interesting flag as soon as he got into town. This is what the uh, townspeople looked like welcoming Donald Trump into town. Uh, Donald Trump arrived in town triumphantly. Again, this is an area that voted 70% for Donald Trump in the year 2020. So this is Trump country. And damn it, those people showed up. Watch. What do you make it about Biden not showing up? You showing up before he did. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, Timo would have been here a long time ago. Thank you for not forgetting about us. Isn't that it? I don't really care what you think of Donald Trump. You call balls and strikes, man. This is a good thing. I don't really care. This is like a wonderful thing. Did you hear that woman? Thank you for not forgetting about us. Well, these people have poisoned water to feed their babies and to shower with. So incredibly powerful and good for him. Way to go. There were a uh, chance of Trump and there were also a chance of let's go Brandon throughout the town. Captured here. Watch. So that was a that was a clip from a somebody inside of a, one of the press cars, right? And you you they, they have their camera rolling. You it's so loud. The Let's Go Brandon chant is so loud that you can you could hear uh, it from the press vehicle. Of course, people are chanting Let's Go Brandon. Of course, people are saying FJB. Joe Biden has forgotten these people. And this is the definition of America last. Joe Biden chose to go to the farthest possible place on a map that you could to get away from East Palestine. You can't go. To a place in the world farther away than Kiev, Ukraine. Joe Biden decided to go to a fake war zone. And we say fake, of course, because they blared the air sirens just for effect instead of going to a real emergency. That's just a 30 minute plane ride from Washington, D.C. Probably like 20 minutes if you're on Air Force One, if you have like fighter jets plowing the way for you. So Joe Biden hasn't – not only that, he hasn't mentioned them at all. He hasn't said a word about them. So these people have every right, more rights than most, to chant FJB, and they did, and good for them. They're justified in doing that. Uh, Donald Trump was asked directly uh, what his message to Joe Biden is. Uh, doesn't come as any shock. This is Donald Trump's message to Joe Biden. Oh, hey, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. What's your message to Joe Biden before you leave? Thank you. Get over here. Yeah, right. Thank you. thank you, guys. Thank you. Get over here. Why? What? what like it, it wouldn't like. How hard would it have been to just show up for like 15 minutes? You didn't even have to like face the public. You didn't have to see the people with the FJB flag, Joe. You could have just walked in there, taken a photo inside the firehouse with a map showing a red circle on it, and then that would have at least shown people, far be it for me to give advice to Joe Biden, but would it have hurt you at all to have thought of someone other than your old disease, dementia, self, for just a short, just a second, a scintilla? Could you have just given humanity and decency to the people of your country? No, he's too busy honoring the people of some other country. This is the cancer 
inside of the mind of a globalist. This is how the globalists think, that other populations are more important than their homelands. Well, because one, they don't believe there should be an America. They believe that America is a mistake, that the world should be run by a global government, and there should be absolutely no territories and no boundaries for any nation at all, and there should be no culture. There should be one homogenous, atheistic sludge of a culture that is shoved out of a vending machine for you to eat in your pods. Man, and, and that was on just such stark relief. I, I don't know. I haven't seen the polls out from this, but I have a feeling we've seen Donald Trump skyrocket in the polls. I have a feeling that Joe Biden's going to take a very harsh hit here. This is a disaster for them. You can see it in their actions, too, how disastrous it is. Uh, the Biden-Ukraine visit first was on full display yesterday. Watch. What do you think about Biden going to Ukraine before coming here? Well, I think he should have come here. He should have been here. Should have been here. Take a picture of Mon. No, he chose to go a different route. Yeah, he chose to go to another country, and to honor their emergency, and to respect their borders, and to fund their border security instead of funding our country's border security or caring about the people of this country. That is the that is the difference. You've never seen it on more crystalline display. The difference between America first, the difference between a populist uh, and a globalist, the difference between America first and America last. Trump was asked about Buttigieg inside of that McDonald's, and we'll get to that McDonald's order in just a second. Trump was asked about Buttigieg uh, and his behavior in this uh, situation, which is, by the way, entirely under his purview. You know, you and I both pay Buttigieg's salary and that massive, massive allocation to the Department of Transportation every single year. So- where the hell is this guy? Train crashes fall directly under his purview. Uh, Donald Trump asked about this. Here's how it went. No, I had nothing to do with it. I had nothing to do. No, he's got to work on the airports. We've never had airports like this. We're like a third, a third world nation. And this is an example of the breakdown. breakdown. Our whole country is breaking down. And he's really got to look at the airports because I have people that are taking planes and they end up they're delayed. They're waiting at an airport for three days. It's crazy what's happening. Are you shocked he hasn't come here yet? No, well, he should have uh, been here a long time ago. Boot edge edge. You know what you call him? Boot edge edge. That's the way. Uh, he should have been here a long time ago. Now, he was supposed to come today, but he heard I was coming today and he postponed it. But whenever he comes, he's got to do his job. And... If we didn't come, they never would have come. They made a statement they will they will not come. When he saw that I was coming, Pop, you know what happened? I know. He said, we better get people there right away. So. Uh, I mean, you, you know, Donald Trump, man, uh, when Trump is right, he's right. If we didn't come, they would have never come here. Uh, yes. The entire administration suddenly turned on a dime when Donald Trump focused just a little bit on this town, and that's power. Also, what was power is what Donald Trump said when he was giving – Public remarks, those were, of course, private sort of remarks as Donald Trump's ordering at McDonald's, another important thing that we'll cover in just a second. But Donald Trump did give public remarks inside of the firehouse, and he said, you're not forgotten. It's beautiful. Watch. To the people of East Palestine and to the nearby communities in Ohio and Pennsylvania, uh, we have told you loud and clear, you are not forgotten. You are not forgotten. We stand with you, we pray for you, and we will stay with you in your fight to help answer and the accountability that you deserve will have that accountability. It'll all be out there very clearly. Good. Good. There does need to be accountability. 
some of the experts that we're speaking with right now, some of the scientists, some of the researchers that we're speaking with right now are saying that they may have to shut down this entire town. They may be relocating this people. They may have nuked that town with so many chemicals, and they're going to be facing the largest class action lawsuit in American history. And it's the EPA that actually straight up told people to go back into the town and that the water was safe. Well, the water ain't safe. Neither is the air safe. And we experienced that firsthand as we breathed that toxic air. Donald Trump told residents of East Palestine that they are victims of the betrayal by President Biden. He's right. And the federal government and said that the visit finally sparked them to act during a tour of the toxic train derailment on Wednesday. The former president greeted crowds furious at the lack of action from the White House 19 days after the disaster in Ohio. How long did it take the Bush administration to act in Katrina? It was like seven days. But then that, that was seen as the end of Bush's president. That was seen as the end of his presidency and a, a scar on his the face of his legacy forever. It brought thousands of bottles of water, cleaning supplies, and canned food. So wait a second. Donald Trump's able to deliver tens of thousands of pounds of goods needed to this community privately. And the Biden administration has delivered nothing. Nothing. If, if that's not the banality of evil, if that's not evil staring you in the face, I don't know what is. They're punishing these people because they don't vote the right way and they don't look the right way. That's what's happening. Stopped at a local McDonald's ordered Big Macs for first responders. Members of the team handed out signed MAGA hats to customers. I know this menu better than you do. I probably know it better than anyone here. He told the server and demanded that they knock it out fast so he could eat on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> and we we went on the plane with Donald Trump. We made a whole little documentary, mini documentary about it. Uh, as soon as we got on the plane, as soon as you walk on Donald Trump's plane, the wafting aura of McDonald's hits you in the face. It's like he has a McDonald's privately on his plane. Am I wrong, Rolls Royce? I call him Rolls Royce. His real name's Royce, but he's Rolls Royce uh, because he's very expensive. Uh, the... the the order for Donald Trump is not very expensive. That's probably what a Big Mac and a fish fillet. Is this Trump's standard McDonald's order? Chocolate shake. I'm not saying that's healthy, but that's I mean probably clocks in at what like ten bucks right there, ten bucks, twelve bucks, depending on if there's a like two, like two for one fish fillet. Yeah, that's Donald Trump, man. And you know what? That's real America, man. That's just how real Americans order food. I mean, I, like that's just that's just how normal people like normal people. That's how they eat at McDonald's. There was a study once. My wife shared it with me. Uh, there was like McDonald's is the number one source of protein for like the vast majority of Americans. Like, like they get the best source of protein from McDonald's, like from McDonald's, like in their diets. Okay, that's just reality. You can argue whether it's good or bad, but it, this is just reality. And it's also reality that Donald Trump legitimately loves McDonald's. Uh, he asked me for my McDonald's order. I got some like chicken nuggets and fries. That's what I got. They were able to, he's like, they can bring you, they'll bring you anything. What do you want? I got like my own private McDonald's back there. And they did. They, well, the waitress on like a golden tray brings me McDonald's. It's wild. Wild. Donald Trump at McDonald's yesterday. Here's what it looked like. What's How your special you? thing today? <laughs> How are you today? Nice, nice to meet to you. you. Hello, everybody. That's a nice, beautiful looking room for baby. So I know this menu better than you do. Okay. I probably know it better than anybody in here. Uh, we're going to take care of the fire department. Okay. We're going to take care of the police department. So Joe Biden could never. Do you know what I mean? Like Joe Biden could never. 
This is just demonstrating the difference, once again, between globalism and populism. And when was the last time you saw Joe Biden order at a town eatery? You know, Joe Biden was at a very fancy four-star restaurant in Washington, D.C. He got heckled this weekend. You know, that's where Joe Biden eats when he's not having milk of magnesia uh, and warm applesauce at the White House. Trump buys everyone food at East Palestine at McDonald's. Let's 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 go, baby. This is the uh, headline from Breitbart. President Donald Trump bought food for the police department, fire department, as well as everyone who was in East Palestine in the East Palestine McDonald's, which was hundreds of people. If you look at the footage after he delivered remarks at the town fire station. So everyone willing to accept free food from Trump, he said. Uh, when asked upon walking to the McDonald's in East Palestine, we're going to take care of the fire department. We're going to take care of the police department. We're going to take care of the people here. They're going to eat a nice free meal. Trump was heard telling the McDonald's cashier. And then Donald Trump said, hey, hey, listen up. I know this menu better than you. Dude, and I've seen it. The man loves McDonald's. This is a this is will come as no shock to you. So I'll end Donald Trump's visit by saying this. This is symbolic. OK. It's symbolic. Just like understand the optics here. This is about people not being forgotten. The end. That That's what this is about. This ain't about the amount of money that Trump can spend there, even though he has done more than Joe Biden right now in East Palestine. This is about caring about your fellow Americans. And that's what that visit was for. It costs a lot of money, costs a lot of time. Donald Trump's an important dude. He's running for president. And he's the only person who's visited. He's the only person who's running in 2024 who's visited. That's a fact. And so good for him. Now, we spoke with a bunch of people who are in the town because we got to know a lot of people. We spoke with a bunch of people who are in the town and they're glowing, not because of the chemicals, but because of Donald Trump's visit. They're like so proud of that. They felt finally seen and heard and not forgotten as they cough up blood and are unable to boil their water. And unable to breathe the air in their town. It's just a little stitch of humanity. And that's what politics should actually be about. Politics should be about giving power to the people. And so ultimately, and this is the last thing I'll say on this issue, what Donald Trump did was he gave power to those people by bringing them attention, by bringing them hope. He gave them power. And in our in our society, in our form of government, politicians should be about restoring and a vector of power to the individual American to make our own choices, to live freely, happily. It should simply be about filling potholes and providing clean water and providing security. That is the sole role of government. And so what Donald Trump was doing was providing the sole role of government, what he should be doing. That is, in its philosophical sense, a populist stance, giving power back to the people. What is Joe Biden doing by not going? withholding power from them, stealing power from them, destroying their lives and giving them nothing. Except for Pete Buttigieg, who crawled on his belly like a rat into East Palestine today and was destroyed by reporters on the ground, the great Savannah Hernandez, asking uh, whether he should apologize or resign. Right to his face. Beautiful. This is how Pete Buttigieg was welcomed to East Palestine today. Watch. Sorry, Pete. Uh-huh. I just have a quick question. Uh-huh. Uh, the American public doesn't seem to be very confident in your ability to do your job. Will you be resigning anytime soon? I'm not here for politics. I'm here to make sure the community can get what they need. Will you apologize? Sorry, I, I want to be. Will you apologize for the response? 
for so the slow response taking your probably time one of the big things let's, let's go in here and get away from no no apology Mayor Pete, why did it take you an entire two and a half to actually get here to respond to East Palestine? Will you apologize to the residents of this city? Get wrecked. Get wrecked, you rat. You know, what's interesting about this situation is that Donald Trump has absolutely no, I mean, I'm telling you, zero responsibility to go to East Palestine. This is not Donald Trump's job. Donald Trump's full-time job right now is to sit in his mansion and be a billionaire. That's Donald Trump's full-time job. His beautiful mansion, thousands of miles away from East Palestine. But Donald Trump was there before Pete Buttigieg that it is his responsibility. It is literally, by definition, his job to do this. And Donald Trump beat him to it. Even though actually through budget and through sheer location, Pete Buttigieg is around the corner from East Palestine. You know, that Toxic water will get to Washington, D.C. Those toxic plumes will roll over like where Pete Buttigieg is. And Donald Trump cared more about it than Pete did. Why? Well, because it doesn't bring him power. And so F those people. F them. That's the stance of the Joe Biden administration. F them. It's an old Dave Chappelle meme. Old Dave Chappelle at Kinko's meme. You know what? F those people. This doesn't matter. It doesn't deliver us power. So their humanity doesn't matter. Sickening. And, you know, the entire, uh, like, attitude of Pete's team on the ground is so repulsive. Again, Savannah Hernandez, uh, a wonderful reporter. She's been on the show. She was trying to ask Pete Buttigieg a question. And Pete Buttigieg's snipey little press secretary came in there to cut her off and then to call her rude for asking a question. It's Savannah, the reporter who's trying to give power to the people. They're the ones who are the problem. In case you're wondering if you live under a fascistic dictatorship here, man, with these people, these rotten souls, blackened souls, watch Pete Buttigieg's staff behave like absolute pricks. Go. I'm a press person, I can help you. Sure, 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 sure. So can, can, can we ask why it took him almost three weeks to get here? I, I'm sorry, I don't want to do this on camera. What was his personal time off while there was a tragedy happening here? And can we also ask too why it, uh, you know, he waited until President Donald Trump came here to actually make an appearance. This is a very important question that people across America I'm would like to know. I'm happy to have a conversation with you. I do not want to be on camera. Uh, well, please put your cameras away. I'm sorry, we're on a public area, uh, so we are allowed as press. I, you guys, I would like you guys to turn your cameras off. You're not on my camera. Well, I'm on a con camera. I would like your cameras to be off, and then I'm happy to talk to you guys. Well, if you are the press secretary of the secretary of the Department of Transportation, don't you think you should be able to ask questions from the American public that Absolutely. you serve? Absolutely. I would like to do it without the camera on. Can I ask why? I think that is a little bit aggressive. That's why. Why is it aggressive? I'm on behalf of the American people. I'm just asking why he has not been here until Donald Trump. So we are with the press okay, secretary for Pete Buttigieg. And right now we are being told that we are not supposed to be filming. Again, we are here on behalf of the American public because we would like to have the conversation and we would like to ask the question as to why, um, again, it took almost three weeks for Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg to be here on the ground. Hey, lady, let me tell you something. You work for us. You hoover up 
cravenly a taxpayer-funded salary in order to speak and be the press secretary on behalf of the Department of Transportation, which effectively nuked a town with chemicals and destroyed the lives of 5,000 Americans, probably many more. These people may have cancer. These people may die because of your inaction, because this wasn't politically convenient for you. And so I don't give an F whether you don't want to be on camera or not. Your personal opinion on the matter is irrelevant. You owe us an explanation. It is your job. You actually work for us. Moreover, your comfort level is irrelevant because the comfort level of the people who are there doing actual journalism and then moreover, the people who are living inside of this toxic waste dump that you created, their comfort level is all that matters. Your pain or inconvenience on camera does not concern us. It is effectively your job, you mutant loser. So shove it. Good for Savannah Hernandez. Man, Pete Buttigieg is getting grilled on the ground there. Good for these reporters. Watch. Secretary, what do you have to say? Hi, how are you? Jenny Taylor at the Daily Caller News Foundation. What do you have to say to the folks in Ohio, East Palestine, who are suffering right now? Well, I'd refer you to about a dozen interviews I've given today. And uh, if you'd like to arrange a conversation, uh, make sure you reach out to our press office. But I'm going to have that conversation with you. Just you don't have a message here. for them? I do, and I shared it with the press many times today. I'd refer you to those comments. You mind sharing it with us? No, I'm going to refer you to the comments that I made to the press because uh, right now I'm taking some personal time and I'm walking down the street. Are you going down there? <clears throat> What's up? Are you going down there at all? Um, yep, yeah, I am. When are you going? Uh, I'll share that uh, when I'm ready. Okay, I'll talk thank you. Can I, get a, can I get a photo? Yeah. These absolute tyrannical cretins, they disgust me. So that was Pete Buttigieg the day before being asked by a reporter. That was Pete Buttigieg being asked by a reporter in Washington, D.C. as he's out f- for a fancy dinner with his husband inside of a fancy posh neighborhood in Washington, D.C., presumably dining at a restaurant that you couldn't afford, presumably spending more than a month's mortgage on a dinner, a month's mortgage in East Palestine. Actually, a month's mortgage in East Palestine is zero dollars. Because all of those people's property is probably effectively worthless at this point. Who wants to buy a house there now? Ask yourself that question as you start to consider and ponder how much has been stolen from these poor people. And they're upset that they're getting asked questions about this? Who, man, they're in for some real, real harsh realities. Especially as 2024 rolls around and especially as new media and aggressive, smart, tactical journalists begin to understand that we can also ask questions. We don't have to be part of the corporate simp parade. Ball gags in our mouth. Executing power to truth, not truth to power. Using the raw power in order to harass truth. 
That's what's happening right now. This is speaking truth to power. Those people are powerful and they should have truth shoved in their faces. That's speaking truth to power. What the corporate press do is speak power to truth, which is to use their power, their awesome power, and their publicly funded traded companies, their trillions of dollars in their media entities, and to then protect, like a Praetorian guard, the powerful. That's not journalism. That's not journalism. This is journalism. Walking right up to Pete Buttigieg, getting right in his face. Watch. Mayor Pete, why did it take you an entire two and a half weeks to actually get here to respond to East Palestine? Will you apologize to the residents of this city for for the, the, the slow response to the government's slow response? Yeah. Okay. This is what Pete Buttigieg looked like when he was on the ground. I, I will never understand the failure of optics for these people. Uh, they always put people like Pete Buttigieg, who has never formed a callus in his life on his hand, who has never once had to take off a wet sock after going to work out in a field or on a construction yard. Somebody who complains about how many white people there are in construction. I see Pete Buttigieg personally adding to the terror of white people in construction as we look at him right there in this plastic play hat and fake little yellow vest. Why do they do that? I mean, it's like, it's so degrade. It's, 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 we love it because it makes great meme content. This is what Pete Buttigieg looks like. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Is it, like this kid shows up at a Halloween, right? Like the kid who's the son of the construction worker, like who buys him the $25 uh, spirit Halloween special construction outfit. This is what Pete Buttigieg looks like today. And then what did Donald Trump look like yesterday? Well, Donald Trump was handing out MAGA hats inside of a McDonald's. Like speaking with the downtrodden, speaking with the people who need hope. That's the difference. Donald Trump doesn't have to role play. He doesn't have to LARP. He doesn't have to live action role play that he's actually helping people. Uh, He just goes and does it. And he looks very natural doing it. Because uh, uh, qu- quite frankly, I mean, because it's in the soul. Like Donald Trump actually cares. So God has a funny sense of humor. And uh, Joe Biden, of course, traveled to as far away as you possibly can travel uh, from East Palestine. Joe Biden went to Kiev, Ukraine, and to Poland on a map. You like, it's like geographically the opposite end of the world. It was intentionally insulting. It was to send a message to these people that they don't matter. It was directed at East Palestine to tell these people that they are dirt. And, you know, God has funny sense of humor because, boy, oh boy, did Joe Biden completely fall directly on his old face yesterday getting up the stairs. And no one's going to remember anything about Joe Biden's visit there. They're just going to remember this clip. right on his face, right on his face. Donald Trump walking up a flight of stairs and Joe Biden walking up a flight of stairs at almost the same time, Joe Biden in a foreign country, uh, 
creating fake emergencies. Donald Trump had an actual emergency. We put the clips together. It looked like this. Choose your fighter, ladies and gentlemen. Choose your fighter. Who would you have in Street Fighter? The memes, of course, flowed like golden manna from heaven. Watch. <laughs> I love this spy balloon one. <laughs> oh man, uh, you laugh, uh, you laugh like tears of joy at these things, or you laugh tears of sadness because, I mean, we actually do have a, a president who's brain damaged, who should not be leading anyone anywhere. Somehow we give him, somehow we give him nuclear weapons. The only thing that are that's actually nuclear yesterday. Joe Biden's there warning about nuclear war with Russia. The only nuclear thing that Joe Biden provided was nuclear memes of hilarity for us. And we needed a little bit of levity. So I guess thanks. I guess thanks. Now, the first time Joe Biden's fallen, Joe Biden's fallen at least four other times on camera while he's projecting strength to Putin. Remember, this is a guy who's going to take on Putin. This guy, this guy right here. has allocated uh, to invest in police departments and training of police officers. It appears as though uh, the president did have a slight trip there as he's boarding. Uh Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, again. God has a cutting sense of humor. Go read the Old Testament. God's a very, 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 very funny person. And uh, irony is not lost, I believe, on our our creator. Uh, so which which uh, fighter would you rather have? What is Donald Trump's plan? Joe Biden is falling directly on his face, eating S off the Air Force One steps. And Donald Trump is actually visiting East Palestine, Ohio. America first versus America last. Patriotism versus globalism. Well, we thought there wouldn't be anyone better to answer this question than Alina Haba, the attorney for Donald Trump, who joins us right now. Hello again. Thank you so much for being on the pro. Oh, interesting this time. Interesting background this time. Okay. Benny, I've decided I'm only going to do your show with interesting art behind me. <laughs> um, I actually did this to make you laugh. And I said, you know what? I could either have Donald Trump's face, which is the painting to my left because I'm at Trump Tower, <laughs> or I could have this. And I said, let me just let me just do this again. It'll just be our theme. <laughs> is, that an, is that an original Hunter Biden? It is. It is. And I got the funding from China. No. <laughs> well done. Well done. Okay. So you're at Trump Tower right now. I am. You are the attorney for Donald Trump. You I am. must be beaming a bit based on a couple of interesting developments. But most importantly, this 
delineation between uh, a man who clearly cares about his fellow countrymen uh, on just like a, a, a core human level uh, and someone who's just literally falling all over himself to get away from the emergencies in his own nation. Uh, can you just comment on the differences right now between yeah. the last 24-hour news cycle? Sure. I think it's obvious um, to the American people, I hope at this point, that we have a man that responds in terms of politics, who is Joe Biden. Um, and then we have a person that genuinely, and I, I say this with personal knowledge, a tremendous amount of personal knowledge, as you also know, Benny, that personally cares about the well-being of this country, is actually petrified about where this country is going. Um, and anything he does they have a staff in the White House that's looking at Trump more than looking at the American people and what they need. Oh, Trump's going to East Palestine. So we better Trump, Trump, let's go to Ukraine. Well, you didn't Trump, Trump. What you did was you showed that you care more about your relationship overseas, where you're getting a financial benefit and God knows what else, than the people that are here on the ground that need you right now. And Donald Trump brought them water. He went out there. You see the, the footage, I'm sure, of the McDonald's, which is so him and genuine. And he doesn't care. He cares about the people. He doesn't care about the cameras and everything. He wants them to know that there's somebody there for them, um, you know, that can walk, that can talk and answer the questions. <laughs> <laughs> that can walk. Yes, this is a, a crucial Basics. if you're going to visit East Palestine. So uh, are you seeing any of the internal polls? I mean, it seems like Donald Trump is getting quite a bump in the early part of yeah. this year, obviously running for president. Um, you've got to be tracking this stuff pretty closely. And I'm watching the commentators online and the conservative commentators online uh, just saying, like, how, how are you going to? How are you going to beat – even if you don't like Trump, there's a bunch of people who like don't – you know, for one reason or another don't like Trump. They're saying, yeah. how are you going to beat this kind of love? And I guess, I, you know, I think so. might as well and toss that question out there. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I'm a realist. I, I will yeah. tell the president when I think something's wrong. I will tell him if I don't like a statement that went out. I'm, I'm very honest. I, I'm not a yes person. Um, I think that's probably why I'm still around. <laughs> but I think that realistically his polls – um, as authentic as he is day in and day out, are unbeatable. And I'm not saying that as a spokesperson. I'm saying that as somebody who's just looking at what's going on. And what I think is going to happen is, you know, once we have Nikki Haley now, maybe she's at 2% at her best. We have, um, and I I like Nikki Haley, but, you know, I don't think she's ready to be president. And then you have DeSantis, who's probably going to run. What's going to happen, in my opinion, Benny, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not a politician, but I see what's happening here is he's got his base. You're not going to mess with the Trump base. And the more they hit him with legal stuff and the more they take him down, you've got everybody else on the, the, the conservative side that maybe wants somebody new. OK, but they're going to eat each other alive and they're going to they have one pot of votes and they're just going to be having a cannibalistic situation. And Trump's probably going to win um, because you can't mess with his base. You just can't. You know, we've been saying that this this show the entire time. I'm gonna, we as a show, we talked about it internally. We're not going to do any uh, any endorsements, and yeah. I don't plan on doing any endorsements. I want to see the fight. I want to see the battle. I want to see the pain and the blood sport of politics. That's what it's about. You want a strong leader. You want someone who's willing to fight. You want someone who's like sharp. And so I actually like it. I like the brawl. Yeah. I like the 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 battle. Uh, yeah. And it does seem with this with this trip uh, and with what. His actions have been since the beginning of the year that Donald Trump is ready for that fight right now. Is he ready for the legal fights on the legal fronts? I suppose that would be a, a very important question for you because it seems to be coming sort of 
hot from all sides, right? You got New York, you got Georgia, the, the it is. you know, psychopath witch in Georgia, uh, who's part, doing your job for you. Um, and then you got the federal <laughs> government. Um, maybe you could give us a landscape legal, um, sure. legal landscape for the Trump uh, campaign right now. Sure. Um, you know, I'm not the attorney for the campaign. Obviously. Sorry, for, I'm his for lead the, attorney for a for lot of Donald Trump. That's fine. Um, but I, I just always like viewers to know what angle I come from. This is not an internal, uh, you know, inter uh, my view on this. It's really just a legal view on what's happening. So realistically, yeah, we have our hands full. Uh, people are coming at him from every angle. We don't deny it. You can't deny it. Um, you know, indictments are this big thing that, as we've seen, people are not uh, taking seriously in the grand jury. They're they're whipping together a report, which is just a recommendation. Let's be clear. Um, and she's saying she's got six pages of indictments of uh, people to indict. That in itself, and the fact that she's on the news, makes me think that the team that's handling this will probably file a motion to disqualify um, anything that comes out of that grand jury. That's a mistake. Mm. These these types of things. Um, as much as the American people always ask, when I'm ever asked a question about Donald Trump just in the street, it's always, is he going to be okay legally? Uh, realistically, when you're not okay legally is when you've done something wrong. These are politically motivated, and I'm not kidding. I've seen them. There's so much volume. We're talking about Donald Trump, a former president. Could you imagine that they are attacking somebody who used to serve this country? Meanwhile, Bush is hanging out, Obama's party. You know, why? Because he's a threat. So um, there's no merit. There's no merit. It's going to be a long legal battle. It has been. I've been I've been with him doing it for a few years now. And I can tell you, thank God he has the funds, personal funds and otherwise to do this, because this is insanity. Uh, but I don't see it becoming an obstacle for him because ultimately these are recommendations. They're headlines first. And we see the facts and there's nothing there that concerns me. Does it concern you to see this uh, jury four person going out and like with her eyes rolling in the back of her head and her head spinning on an axis and she's puking right. and she's running up the walls and she's like, you know, like this, this lady's insane. Uh, no, it's, I mean, it's like it's like demonic and it's uh, wild. Like, what is the strategy here? Even she's lost CNN. Like Anderson Cooper yes, was like Anderson Cooper, whipping exactly. her on air. Like, uh, <laughs> whoa! Like you are really bad at this. Is this a yeah. gift to you? To me, it's a gift. To him, it's a gift. You know why? Because we thank you for doing the most inappropriate, unhumanly ethical. You're not an attorney, but as a person going into a grand jury. There is a handbook. I think there was a picture of her holding the grand jury handbook. Honey, did you read it? Read it. Read it. You got to read that. But looking at her, you know, I don't know what's going on. But this woman was the one that's deciding whether she had a president, a human being, never mind a president, get indicted and recommends that. And this is who a DA and an AG and whatever it is. These are the people that we're relying on. Wake up, America. This is not a joke. When people are going to jail, when you're trying to convict a president or indict a future president who was a former president, that is a sad thing for this country. We just shouldn't have it. He didn't kill anyone. There is This is all fluff and politics. And as an attorney, it makes me sick. You know, I fight so hard and there's some judges I go in front of and I just know I could have the best legal arguments. I could have the best case law behind me. But if I'm representing Donald Trump, they won't hear a word out of my mouth. Hmm. It's sad. Hmm. It yeah, but she sad. screwed. She screwed him in Georgia. I'll tell you right now. 
I mean, she gave the Trump team some real ammo there. So thank you. Thank you for going on TV. Thank you. A personal thank you note will be coming from Alina Hava to you. <laughs> you, you you're very, you're very, you're very, the team is very good at optics. And I, it just, we found her Pinterest page and it's filled full, filled with like witchcraft and Wiccan and spells and stuff. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess if the case falls apart, she can always cast a spell on Donald Trump. Uh, but or me or, or but me it's like, the lawyers. <laughs> wait, like, wait a second. Like Donald Trump's been calling this a witch hunt. For years. Yes. And you're going to actually put a witch in charge of hunting him? <laughs> we have a couple of those, Benny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for that one. You know it. Me Everyone at Media Matters, like their, their fingers are breaking. They're typing so fast. Yes. Yeah, okay, trolls. so so talk me through like talk me through the final thing is the federal government, right? I think that's the one that, you know, it's the, F, the you know, you you hit the bricks on that Mar-a-Lago raid, it hasn't gone away. Special counsel, uh, Joe Biden has tried everything he can to get his classified document scandal to go away, including probably starting World War III. Um, it's amazing how quickly people stop talking about that if you just start nuking. Uh, so where are we on that front? Uh, should Trump supporters be concerned? No, um, don't be concerned. You know, we have, um, obviously it's ongoing. That that's been in the press uh, a lot of, the past week, it's ongoing. The focus is um, not diluted, unfortunately, by the fact that the current president has been hiding them in universities and, you know, Delaware and, and homes and beach homes where his son, who has a clear drug addiction problem, is um, also has access to documents with China where he has financial ties. Somehow the focus is always Trump. So I always urge everybody to say, look, I think in this situation that the government needs to reevaluate the process of declassification. I think we've seen this since the Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton. You know, it's gone back with emails being um, bleached and, and all all of this. We have to seriously take a look at the process. I mean, you have to recognize there's something wrong here. People are moving the documents. NARA is trying to get a grip on it. But I don't think this is where the FBI's focus should be. Um, it's it's a cooperative situation. There's communication. I can tell that to the American people. This is not like a bombarding, you know, obviously the raid was not acceptable. Um, but I think we have to look at what the justice system is doing, how they're doing it and how they're treating the presidents differently. I'm not concerned in terms of a document issue because there is no issue. He was able to declassify. He did declassify, is my understanding, from those that were in the White House with him. We've heard, you know, um, the Cash Patels of the world who understand this better than I do, um, what happened and how it happened. And if there's an issue, it will be handled. But my understanding, uh, you know, again, I'm not on this, but my understanding is that this is all a cooperative communication back and forth with the DOJ. So people shouldn't really be concerned. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's wonderful to hear. Uh, finally, here uh, from inside of Trump Tower, our our audience deeply cares about East Palestine. Uh, they they followed along while we went there. We wanted to tell everyone's story and we wanted to do good for them. Uh, what is your message uh, to these forgotten Americans? You're not forgotten. You're not forgotten. Um, I know that President Trump and his team and, and many conservatives, all of us, frankly, including Benny, are concerned and using our mouths as much as we can to get attention to you and get the things you need. And um, I stand with with the people of Ohio. I know uh, J.D. Vance is doing a great job out there, but we need the help of the federal government. And this is not political. These are real Americans. And this is yes. our own internal problem. And it's time for us to step up and take care of our people. 
Yes. Yes. Over 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 the overseas people. We're first. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. that's exactly right. Joe Biden looking at his watch, looking at his watch uh, as a dignified transfer happens in Dover, Delaware, of American troops, but standing at attention in Ukraine for fallen Ukrainian troops. I mean, that's just that's just the image of all image. That's the that's the harshest meat that's out all. there. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Alina Haba, for being on the show. Thanks, Benny. Absolutely wonderful to have you. Wonderful to be here. Godspeed. Thank you, you too. Oh, man, it is wonderful to do this show and to be able to bring you the access and information that you need. If we're going to do a show on Donald Trump, we might as well check in with Donald Trump's personal attorney. And we might as well check in with someone else who's going to be needing a lot of really good attorneys, which is Hunter Biden. Apparently, there has been a huge flip in a key Biden player. Biden family partner Eric Schwerin has flipped in House oversight probe, and this is a big one. Hunter Biden's top financial lieutenant, Eric Schwerin, is expected to soon provide documents to the House Oversight Committee's intelligence uh, investigation on the Biden crime family for nine violations, including money laundering, wire fraud, a spokesperson for committee who told Breitbart News. Schwerin, who shared bank accounts with President Joe Biden and dubbed the family's money man, also managed guest lists for the White House functions and negotiated a settlement with Hunter's first wife, Kathleen. Emails from Hunter Biden's laptop show Schwerin was deeply embedded in Hunter's personal life and Biden family network for nearly two decades and is even pictured at campaign events with Joe Biden. Schwerin, was also the president's Rosemont Seneca Partners, a fund created by Hunter Biden and several associates that spawned business deals in Russia, Ukraine, China, and Romania. Oh, interesting. Where do we have problems right now? Russia, Ukraine, China, and Romania, where they're holding Andrew Tate without trial. Many of these deals yielded the Biden family business millions over the last decades. We've told you before, the smoking gun, not that we need more. We already have the smoking guns from inside of Hunter Biden's laptop, but the smoking gun is inside of the bank account. You can see the payments. You'll be able to see the payments. And you'll be able to see those payments blossom as Joe Biden, at the exact same time that Joe Biden does what the oligarchs want in Russia, what the oligarchs want in Ukraine, what the communist Chinese masters want in China, you'll see the money flow into the accounts. That's the crime. There it is. That's why the Treasury Department won't give up those accounts, even though they've been flagged as a specific... A suspicious activities report, S-A-R, SAR, suspicious activities report. That's where the crimes are. That's what they're trying to hide. Check out James Comer uh, saying, yo, dog, uh, you better get yourself a good lawyer and a leash. Watch. They continue to act like they don't understand uh, why the House Oversight Committee would bother uh, to request this information. Uh, they know exactly uh, the reason that we're looking into this. They know about the family's influence peddling. They know that this family has crossed the line. They know this family's taken millions and millions of dollars from our adversaries for no good reason. That's James Comer's Republican, head of the House Oversight Committee out of Kentucky on Hunter Biden missing a deadline last night to hand over these documents to the Republican-led panel investigating the Biden family. The president's son now facing a potential subpoena. We're going to see how that goes. So James Comer will be joining the show tomorrow. Uh, stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, we had a little bit of a uh, uh, rebooking uh, given the Donald Trump news. 
uh, and a show that we wanted to sort of devote to the differences between America First and America Last. James Comer will be on the program tomorrow, the lead bulldog for Republican investigations into the Bidens, and we deeply look forward to it. Make sure that you tune in. Female fashion designer alleges Sam Brinton wore her clothes that disappeared in an airport in 2018. So we finally have the face of an actual victim. And you know what's interesting? It's the face of a black immigrant woman from Africa. Well, what do you know? So the whole diversity, equity, and inclusion thing was a scam because here you have a white dude stealing the clothes of a black female immigrant, female Tanzanian fashion designer based in Houston, alleges Wednesday that the clothing worn by the Department of Energy official Sam Brinton contained had been contained in her luggage and she reported missing in Washington, D.C. in 2018. Here's the tweet. Check it out. Let me ask if you see any uh, similarities between these outfits. That's the actual account, by the way, of the designer. Aisha Kashmin. Aisha Kashmin, who we've reached out to, and she'll be coming on the show next week. So she's going to come on the show and actually like talk to us about what this is like. Check this out. He did it again. Watch. Look at this tweet. Can we, can we see those photos? Look at this. Does that look familiar? This sicko, degenerate, diseased individual is stealing this woman's clothing. And she's a fashion designer. These are apparently uh, custom dresses. Aisha Kashmin, who designed the handmade and handmade her own clothes, recently saw a report that Brinton had been charged for stealing multiple pieces of luggage across uh, the country and noticed that the former official appeared to be wearing her clothes in several photos. Kashmin said that she had packed the same clothes in a bag that vanished on March 9th, 2018 at Reagan National Airport. I saw these images. Those were my custom designs, which were lost in that bag, she told Fox News Digital in an interview. He wore my clothes, which were stolen. Uh, okay. This story just keeps getting better. I hope that she uh, files. I hope she files criminal complaints. This guy uh, is already facing, I think, some major jail time for other uh Stolen bags. In communications between Kashmir and Delta Airlines from March 2018, shared with Fox News Digital, Kashmir pleaded for the lo- uh, for help locating her bag, saying that it contained expensive clothes, shoes, jewelry, and other personal belongings. After seeing her clothes that resembled the ones lost in a bag in recent media reports, Kashmir filed a complaint with the Houston Police Department. Good. She then received a phone call regarding the complaint late in January from the FBI field office in Minneapolis. Oh, my. So they're going to attack this on good. This guy will spend, hopefully, the rest of his life in jail. You cannot do this. What a sick, sick puppy. Whew. These people need Jesus. And so do you. And so do I. We all need Jesus. That's why we end every show with the Bible verse. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Jude, one, two. Mercy and peace and love and be multiplied. Have babies. Have lots of children. Outbreed the left. These people are creeps. They're weirdos. They don't have sex. They don't like each other. They're all ugly. Like, we are the ones who can actually carry the torch of humanity forward and, and decency forward. So I'm going to have, man, I'm, we're going to have as many, my wife and I are going to have as many, many babies as God gives us. We love that. I love being a dad. I love having babies. 
and we are we are being multiplied. We're also at peace, and we also have mercy. And the reason we have those things is because we organize our lives correctly. God, family, country, that's what we care about on this show. That is our guiding light on this program. Populism and the good works for others, that is something that also guides us. And so we thank you so much for watching. We thank you for providing us the ability to do good works in your name, in the name of this show. Uh, we'll keep doing that. We have a lot of big things ahead. God bless you all. My name is Benny Johnson. This is The Benny Show. See ya!